This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, a Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And today's show is the Mock Draft Spectacular. I could have kept going, but it got annoying. You're, you're that excited for the draft? <laughs> so much I, I, wanting that. I'm so excited. Sort of semblance of sports. Yes. That's exactly. I'm ex- I'm super excited for the draft, and I'm very excited for this Michael Jordan documentary that's going to be on ESPN starting Sunday. Like, I just need something new, sports wise, to watch. Oh, okay. I want it so bad. You don't want to watch like NASCAR drivers pretending to drive on like PlayStation. Jerry, I'm gonna tell you something. You watch. I've, I've been watching it. <laughs> I've watched every single iRacing race that has been on TV, and some I mean, that I haven't. Got, <laughs> as so, as a non-racing fan, I think that's a genius move by them. Even I though too. that one guy was an idiot who said a racial slur during it, and yeah. now doesn't have a job, and all his sponsors are gone. But yeah. it's a genius move to you know drum up interest during this time. Well, it's I, I mean, and you said you you're not a NASCAR fan. I assume that you haven't watched any of it. It's a pretty good production, uh, and I think this is like really the only sport. And obviously, this is not about the Panthers, but just real quick, I think this it's the only sport that could do something like this and have it be a pretty good representation of the actual sport. Because you've got all the individual drivers in their simulators. The it looks really good. I mean, racing games are the best looking games that you can play. Right? They they're the most realistic looking. Um, you can go to every track, you can have spotters, you can do all the stuff, same stuff that you do in a real car and it looks really good. So I, I enjoy it. Obviously this is not a NASCAR podcast, but it's cool and it's sports and I'm excited about it, but I'm even more excited about the NFL draft. We're going to, uh, a little later on in this podcast, go through like a five round mock, um, loose mock, I would say. Because we're going to kind of talk about some other guys as well. Um, we each picked a guy per round that we like, that we think is going to be there during the round. And we each also did one trade uh, at some point during the mock. So we haven't seen each other's yet. I'm excited to see what Jerry picked. Um, I think my draft is going to be the winner, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> The winner. Yeah. This how, is a how are we gonna des- how are we gonna decide on a winner, sir? I think we'll know. I oh, think we'll okay. Know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um But I, I if the I will say if the draft went the way that I wanted it to, I think I'd be pretty happy with it. I'm sure yeah. you would as well. Well me too. Yeah. Um but first we're gonna start out talking about the Panthers news. And there is some massive Panthers news. Uh, yes, very, very massive. Uh, Christian McCaffrey signed a four-year, $64 million extension this week. 
It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It averages out to about $16 million per year. It's the richest running back contract in history. Uh, per year. Per year. Yeah. Now, they haven't really released any of the guaranteed money of it or anything else, so I'll be interested to see how that pans out, if there's any voidable years or any of that type of loose money. But I like it. It's not super long for a running back, which everyone knows once a running back hits 30, it's very questionable. Uh, I know Ezekiel Elliott had a six-year deal, so I'm glad we're (laughs) not going that far. And McCaffrey's still only 23. You could have let him play out this, do the fifth-year option, and then franchise him. But Christian McCaffrey's the franchise now. He's the face of the franchise. You don't want him holding out. You don't want him throwing a temper tantrum. I don't think he would. He's not that type of guy, it seems like. But you want to keep him happy, and I think this is a brilliant way to do it. Gets rid of all that trade talk that was kind of happening. I like doing it and moving on. Hopefully, I'm hoping that there are some wiggle room towards the last end of the contract that you can kind of get out of it in the last two years if something happens, like a Todd Gurley or something. But he's a receiver too, so. Yeah, and I think that's a big point there. I mean, he's only 23 years old right now, so he's still Mm -hmm. extremely young. He still fits the what I perceive to be the Panthers' plan of going young and building from the draft. Now, you know, why would you go away from this guy who has proven to be a superstar, um, especially when you just lost your franchise superstar in Cam Newton, your other franchise superstar in Luke Keekley? Like, fans need somebody to rally around. Mm-hmm. And Christian McCaffrey, by all accounts, is an excellent person. You know, he's not he's not a risk to get in trouble. He's not a risk to damage your reputation as a franchise. In fact, he's probably the model franchise player. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of money to give a running back. But just, like you just said, he's not just a running back. I mean, he's no. just as much a receiver as he is a running back. I mean, he's catching 100 balls a year. I don't know yeah. how you don't consider... Even more than that. I mean, he's, he's amazing. I mean, think about this. Sammy Watkins is making $16 million a year as a receiver, and I don't think he's getting near the production that Christian McCaffrey is getting just receiving the ball. Yeah, who would you rather have? So exactly. It's a no-brainer. You know, it's a no-brainer. Um, so it keeps it keeps Christian McCaffrey in Carolina until the 2026 season. I mean, it's an extension, so it starts in 2021 uh, in terms of the contract. Now, of course, the signing bonus, whatever that turns out to be, he'll get – most of that, I think it'll probably be a pretty big signing bonus. I'd imagine like thirty-five million. Yeah, uh, I think it'll be pretty uh, big. Yeah, I think it'll be thirty-five, forty guaranteed yeah. overall. Which I think means that there probably will be an out. I would imagine after like the twenty twenty-three season, um, I think that's probably where you get your out, where your dead cap is like five million or something, super small. Are are you talking about after twenty twenty three? Yeah, after after the twenty twenty three season. That's what I see us doing, or the Panthers doing as well. I think yeah. that would work in both favors because I could also see it where he may try to get an extension at that point too. Yeah, and honestly, if he's still playing well, I don't know if you give him an extension where he's making more than sixteen million a year, but um, you could restructure that deal in a way that gives him some longevity and helps the Panthers out and keeps him on the team. 
um, because I think he's going to have a sort of two-tiered career. I think he's going to be, you know, mainly running back, excellent at running the ball between the tackles for the next two or three years. Uh, And then I think they could sort of transition him to like a slot receiver who still runs the ball maybe 10 times a game, but he's involved more in the passing game than he is in the running game. Uh, And I think that that's a way to sort of keep the wear and tear off of him uh, because receivers can play well into their mid thirties, whereas running backs, you know, when they hit 30, sometimes 29, I mean, they're done. You and know. receivers are getting paid, like I said earlier. Yeah. Even slot guys. I mean, look at Julian Edelman and Wes mm-hmm. Welker of older years. I mean, granted, he didn't get paid that yeah. much, but yeah. yeah. Did you name white guys on purpose? or? No, I was just thinking <laughs> of the better slot receiver guys, to be honest with you. And they just happen yeah. to always come out of New England and yeah, are white. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is a... They typically transition from another position, quarterback, usually. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah, I mean, long story short, I'm excited about this deal. I don't think it's too much money because I think he's earned that money. And again, he's only 23. Worst case scenario, if he starts going bad at 28 years old, you know, that's 2024. And we've gotten a massive amount of production out of him. You know, mm-hmm. and again, he can transition to a wide receiver. So I'm, I love it. And I think, uh, you know, we were talking, you and I, um, you know, offline about Spot Track. And Spot Track is a cool website where they show all the contracts and everything of individual players and teams' salary caps and things like that. They have his value at $18 million a year. And they had his, mm-hmm. his contract market value at a six year, $108 million deal so and obviously that's number one in the league uh, in terms of running backs so they had him extremely uh, well valued for the last couple of years obviously on that rookie contract um, but even with this I think he's a great value yeah at 16 million it, a year he is I think it's a great value I think the contract fits the Panthers very well like I said four-year extension for a 23 year old guy uh, money-wise, it's yes, it's very high paid for a running back, but again, we've already discussed it. Mm-hmm. He's more than a running back. He is the face of this franchise, and I, I, I love the I love the move. I am very happy with the move. Yeah, well done, They're, Panthers. Smart. Yes. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the one free agent we kind of forgot about last week, <laughs> just because. I really like the signing too, and I for know. some reason he slipped my he he slipped my list. P.J. Walker, quarterback, uh, came from the XFL, Houston Roughnecks. Uh, more importantly, though, he played for Matt Rule at Temple. Uh, ah, he yes. played. He was on the practice squad for Indianapolis Colts for a couple years in 2017 to 2019, but in the XFL, he looked really good. Uh, hey, led league the MVP. League, yeah, that they didn't if, officially if they had have. One. Yeah, <laughs> XFL led the league in passing yards and p- passing touchdowns. I advise checking out his highlights from there. Again, XFL not nearly as good as the NFL players, but there's some NFL players on that field with him. I I like the signing. He's only 25 years old. He knows Matt Rule. Matt Rule knows him. He's not gonna compete with Teddy Bridgewater, but I think he will compete with Will Greer 
for that backup job. Yeah, I agree. And I hate that we didn't mention him when we were going through all of our unrestricted free agent signings. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about it. I think um, he was the prize from the XFL in terms mm-hmm. of free agents, and we got him. He was the guy that Andrew Luck was very high on and, and basically told his father, who was running the XFL um, as, a, as commissioner, I guess, told him about this guy, P.J. Walker, and that he needed to try to get him into the league. Uh, and then, you know, the rest is history. He, he was a perennial highlight on ESPN whenever they showed XFL highlights. You know, they showed P.J. Walker. He made some throws that reminded you of, like, Patrick Mahomes. You know, mm-hmm. some of these sidearm throws, like, how did he get it there? Um, so I agree with you. He's obviously not going to push Teddy for the starting job, but I think he's a very good compliment to Teddy uh, for a backup. Mm-hmm. I think he's got some of the same type of skill set. And who knows? I mean, he's a very young guy, too. Very raw guy. You never know what what, what can happen with these guys. And you never know. Matt Rule knows what's he's good at and what he's yeah. not. And if, you know, maybe him and Matt Rule can get together and make magic happen. Yeah, um, I, I did want to, before we get into our draft real quick, I, just, I wanted to, to address something that, you know, we've sort of joked about it on the podcast where Matt Rule has been signing a lot of guys from Temple, you know, a couple of guys from Baylor, a um, couple guys don't, that... Don't ruin my draft where I drafted only Baylor and a couple <laughs> guys. I know, sorry. Um, you know, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, who had um, a lot of experience with Joe Brady. Uh, a couple of guys who, uh, Russell Okung, who has a lot of experience with our O-line coach. Um, so you know, bringing in a lot of guys who they know, right? I think it's kind of genius. Well, especially if you with, look around the league, yeah. it, that happens all the time. I know it does, but to, it's kind of funny to the extent that it's happening here, especially guys from his college, right? Because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of funny how, how it's happening. But I think it's kind of genius because... Especially this year, where there's not going to be no training camp, right? There's going to be yeah. maybe no preseason. Uh, bringing in guys who are familiar with the coaching staff, familiar with the schemes, familiar with the language, is pretty smart. It kind of puts them ahead of the game, especially with a brand new head coach. It's going to be a really nice... Um, you know, way to, to maybe get ahead a little bit for Matt Rule and get sort of used to the NFL, but also having so much familiarity with the talent around him, uh, and especially as bringing in guys that he knows he can coach. I think it's really smart, especially when you think about this is probably going to be a down year for the Panthers. It's sort of a get-your-feet-wet type year. I really like it. I really think it's smart. And the more I've thought about it, the happier I am that he's doing it, even though it is kind of funny to see, well, where did this guy go to college? Uh, you know, <laughs> and it's always Temple. It's always Temple. <laughs> always Temple and Baylor. Yeah. So, so yes, I, I just wanted to mention that because I, I think a lot of people are just seeing the humor in it or even saying, like, why does this guy keep signing all these guys out of Temple? But I think it's, I think it's a smart move, and I think he's doing it on purpose. Well, if you look at the Washington 
Uh, you look at Buffalo Bills, you, even the New York Giants with Gettleman, mm-hmm. a lot of the former Panthers are going up there, like Bradbury, like yeah. uh, Vernon Butler got a job up there. It, it's <laughs> crazy. I mean, they know what they're good at and what they're not good at and what they need to work on. So they sign the guys. Yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of Vernon Butler, I was looking at a, a list of top Panthers draft busts. Of of all time for the all time for the Panthers franchise, and Vernon Butler was number ten on that list. Oh, I could easily see that. I remember us drafting him, and I I I hated the pick, but I tried to convince myself, yeah, it's gonna be good because Star's gonna be gone in a set Mm -hmm. next year. We tried to talk ourselves into it. Yeah, I completely tried to talk myself into it, and no. Yeah, I was. My initial thought was correct. Yeah, (laughs) he's correct. Number one on that list was Ray Carruth, by the way, which. You know, yeah. Well, turned out pretty bad. <laughs> but I think anytime Ray Cruz on a yeah, awful. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Um. All right. Anything else you want to discuss before we jump into this mock draft? Nope. Let's get this thing going. All right. So the draft is starting on Thursday night, April twenty third. Sports is actually going to happen, even though it's you know. Draft-wise. Right. Front office sports is going to (laughs) happen. Live from Roger Goodell's basement. Because it is a virtual draft. They will literally be coming from the basement of Roger Goodell. Actually, before we get started, do you think there's going to be any craziness occurs because of the virtual draft? I.e., someone hacking into one of the uh, team's... You know, conferences and talking or... I doubt it. I mean, I'm assuming they're not just using Zoom, which, you know, is what a lot of people are being hacked on. I assume it's going to be a higher quality production than that, and they'll they'll be using something else. But um, it'll be funny if it happens, I guess. But I kind of... I I don't think it'll happen. Um, You know what's going to be really sad? Yeah. We're not going to hear the booze for Roger Goodell. I know. I hope they pipe that in. That'd be pretty <laughs> funny if they did. <laughs> I'm cu- I am curious to see the production. I hope that the, the production value is, is still high and they you know, are able to show highlights and have the analysts kind of talking about you know, the picks in between. And that it's not weird. You know, like Sometimes you get that lag when you're doing Skype or something like that. So I hope they make it good. Uh, you know, I don't see the problem with like two or three people who have all tested negative sitting in a studio together, but they're not going to do that. It's all going to be remote, I'm sure. Yeah, so. this isn't the WWE who has essential business. <laughs> right. <laughs> and actually, you know, Florida said all sports are essential, so it's not just the WWE. Yeah, eighteen they just claim the million WWE dollars to their uh, yeah, yeah, their campaign. <laughs> Right. And all of a sudden, it's it's essential. <laughs> essential. If you're okay. not aware, you might want to yeah, Google yeah. that and see how that turned out. WWE essential business. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the bot draft. Let's okay. Do let's do it. So, with round number one, pick number seven. <laughs> who do you have? All right. I went pretty chalk on this one. Every mock draft I've seen has shown us taking Derek Brown, the defensive tackle out of Auburn. 
And it just makes the most sense to me. He's like a no-brainer, probably top three talent in the draft. And because of all the quarterbacks that are going to go ahead of him, he's going to fall. Um, So I've got Derek Brown, defensive tackle out of Auburn. I completely understand that. But I'm making a trade. (laughs) Okay. good. This is a good spot. This is a good spot. And the Panthers will trade away the number seventh pick to the New York Jets, who are 11th overall for the Jets' third-round pick in this draft as well as the 11th pick in this draft. And they wanted to jump up to get the best offensive tackle in the draft, Tristan Wirfs. They wanted to go ahead and pre- uh, protect Sam Darnold. I did a lot of value estimating on the chart, and that's mm-hmm. what it basically boils down to is we get their third and their first, and we jo- drop back only four spots. Okay. I like uh, it. I'd, I'd, be, look- I'd be happy if they do that. Uh, I looked at a few different teams jumping around. Uh, Philly, I know, Denver Broncos, looking mm-hmm. for receivers that are actually looking to jump up where we're at. But the Jets come back, and we're just only falling back four. I took that pick. I did that instead of trying to get an extra two or anything or another one. Yeah. And with the 11th pick, according to a lot of mocks, I'm kind of – Derek Brown's still sitting there, and see, I grab him. See, what I've seen is that there's no way he falls to 11. See, and That's I, some of and the things I've looked at. And, and there's that he, other guy. I was going to say, and if he does go before us – it's a risk. Yeah. You can grab J- Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina. Right. Defensive tackle. A little bit more raw. But you also pick up that extra third because we need so much depth. I agree. Um, and, and I think Kinlaw's a good pick, too. Um, if we stay at seven, I also like that Jeff Akuda corner. If Akuda, if Akuda is there, there's no question in my mind. They need to virtually run the card up and yeah. <laughs> get him. Um, I think he's the Patrick Peterson, the yeah. Dale Revis. He's that stud cornerback that can really help out Dante Jackson being horrible on the other side. I agree. I mean, he's obviously the best corner in the draft. Um, and I also have Isaiah Simmons here if he falls. I don't think he will. He would probably be my pick of all three. If, uh, if all three are available, I think I'd love to have Isaiah Simmons the most. I like I like Simmons, but I feel defensive tackle and cornerback are just way more important on this roster with the signing of Whitehead, Tahir. Tahir. Yeah, well, he's only here for a year. so He's only here for a year. You're Tahir right. Tahir for a year. <laughs> but right now, we only have KK Short, and we only have no, I, Luke. There's a lot of Luke and Dante a lot Jackson. Of holes. So there's a lot of holes on this roster. <laughs> there's a lot of holes on this roster. Um, okay, yeah. So so we both have Derek Brown. Obviously, your scenario would be preferable uh, if oh, he yeah. still is available there. Um, I have a feeling that if he drops to like eight or nine, someone's going to trade up to get him. Um, and maybe you know maybe we trade back to eleven, and then we trade back up to like nine or something, and we give up. I don't know. Like a fourth or fifth or something like that. Like, yeah. I mean, we have two fives, so. Right, right. We do. And put a pin in that. Okay, I will. Put a pin in that for future reference. All right. Uh, Do you have any more first round picks? I do not have any more first round picks. 
I don't either. I, I don't have us trading back up into the first round. Um, so, pick number two. You're on the clock. The pick is in. On, <laughs> the pick is in. I went Jalen Johnson, cornerback out of Utah. Uh, he's six foot. 193 pounds. Just a really good cornerback. Uh, not the fastest guy, but overall just a solid guy. Good fundamentals. Uh, just a good cornerback, and we need a guy out there. We do. And um, I looked at him. I went cornerback as well. Mm-hmm. I went Trayvon Diggs. Out of Alabama, who was having a really, really good season until a foot injury. Um, I think that foot injury might cost him a first-round pick uh, because I think he would have been a first-round pick. Um, but he's actually Stefan Diggs' brother, so he's got good pedigree. He was a, he started out as a wide receiver uh, and played corner last year, I think maybe the year before, but definitely last year, and was having an incredible season um until he got hurt so i think we get a steal there a little bit with trayvon diggs um there's another corner aj terrell from clemson who i also thought you know we could possibly get there uh but i think we go corner in the second round i think both of us probably think that's a good idea yeah i and i was actually looking at both those guys um i didn't know about the injury with trayvon diggs but that that could actually boost him up a lot yeah uh, C.J. Henderson will probably go in the first round. From what I'm seeing, he's actually starting to sneak up a lot of draft boards. So, mm-hmm. <sighs> all right. So we both cool. go corner there. Um, yep. I like both those guys. Uh, yeah, I I don't know a ton about you know um, the late you know post first round corners, um, but just what I was kind of researching about, I like Diggs probably the most out of all of them. Um, but I again, I'd be happy. I think you're kind of taking a flyer without you know. The, there's the no, the can't miss guys. You know, in the top no, fifteen of the draft. There's one can't miss corner. Yeah, yeah. and that's Ogada. Right. I can't so. say his name, of course. Yeah. And then C.J. Henderson is going to be that solid guy that you know is pretty right. predictable. And then there's like four guys that are, they could be really good or they could be just yeah. Yeah. guy. I mean, Bradbury wasn't like a can't miss prospect and he's turned into a very good corner. So yeah, I, I think mean, that, you people know, laughed at us picking him early. Yeah. I yeah. was one of them. I know. I remember you were upset. I there was I, another I, corner I that you wanted. Um, I don't remember his name. Uh, the stu- I can't think of his name. He, he's actually a pro bowler in green Bay. Yeah. Jar Jari Alexander, I believe. Nah, I don't remember. I don't remember. I wanted was. us to trade up and get him in the second. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool. Uh, do you have any other second round picks? No more second round picks. Okay. Uh, I don't either. So let's move to the third. The pick is in. The pick is in. I have chosen another corner. I went back to back corners. This is an interesting one. Kenny Robinson. Corner out of the XFL, St. Louis Battlehawks. Oh, I thought he was a safety. 
They've got him listed as a corner at the site that I was looking at. Um, and, you know, a lot of those guys are kind of tweeners, right? They can play yeah. either position. Um, but he uh, apparently is super talented. He had a really good season for the Battle Hawks, obviously before the league was shut down. Um, had a couple interceptions, had like eight pass breakups or something. He was widely considered the best corner in the league. He actually was kicked out of um, what school did he go to? Shoot, uh, he was he he went to he went to a college. He was kicked out of it for academic misconduct, and decided to go to the XFL instead of going to Alabama, who actually wanted him to come there after he got kicked out of school. So he went to the XFL for a season with the intent on, you know, coming to the NFL when he was eligible. So, yeah. and I don't knock the guy for that. Um, yeah. I, I don't either. It's interesting. It, it, if you could go make, I, I forget how much they were making, like 75,000 a year. So compared to, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he knew he was not going to be a college graduate. He, his plan was the NFL. I don't, that's why I like the XFL and the AAF. I, mm-hmm. I'm hoping for another league to eventually take that spot of it's not always has to be college football, that some of these guys, they're not there for college anyways. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, so I thought that was cool. You know, number one, we, we were Battlehawks fans. So <laughs> when I saw him kind of in that general area, I was like, oh, I, I wanted another corner. And this was a guy who looks like he could be a steal. Again, if he stayed in college, didn't get in trouble. I mean, he was holding like opposing quarterbacks to like a forty-five percent completion percentage against him or something, which is really good, even though it was in college. You know, that's that's a great number. So, um, Kenny Robinson, cornerback, third round. And with my third round pick, sixty-nine, I pick Jonathan Greenard, an edge rusher from Florida, six foot three, two hundred sixty-three pounds, probably going to need to. Bulk up a little bit. Uh, just a good uh, pass rusher, athletic, intelligent, edge defender. Uh, supposedly he works really good. Um, just, a f- just a few things. Uh, missed 2018 with a wrist injury. Another hmm. reason why he could have lowered his things. Uh, good at causing fumbles. He is not the best at spin move. Um, he's not the fastest guy, but... It's the third round. You're not going to get the yeah. the blazing fast guys, but right. I think he got he's a guy that could really do some help with the pass rush, and if he bulks up, maybe become a three down guy. Yeah, I had in my notes here. I say uh, wouldn't mind seeing a defensive end here uh, if a good one's available. So yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that as well. Um, okay, cool. So, do you have any other third round picks? I do, if you remember, I traded That's right, back, yeah. And I picked up this third round pick, the only 10 spots back. Uh, pick number 79 that we got from the New York Jets. I am picking cornerback Cameron Dantzler. I, I, I see you and I have a very similar thought <laughs> on <this. laughs> Uh Yeah, my thought is, like, keep Dante Jackson as far away from starting corner as possible. <laughs> uh, okay. Dantzler is from Mississippi State, SEC, six foot two, 188 uh, pounds, a uh, little faster guy. Um, pulling up all his uh, 
very fast athlete, uh, former long jump champion, uh, very impressive tape against LSU in Alabama. Pretty much a good physical guy. Um, needs to add a little bit of weight to play corner in the league. I mean, at 188 pounds at six foot two. Julio wow. Jones would yeah. demolish him one yeah. on one. Michael Thomas. Yeah. Uh, he's also again third round. He does struggle with pass interference calls as well. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah. So so both of us technically had a back to back rounds with corners. Yep. Um <laughs> You had the extra pick in there, so. All right, let's move on to the fourth round. Um, I kicked off the third, so you can kick off the fourth. With the Carolina Panthers, pick number 113, round four, Matt Rule virtually runs up on stage wearing a Baylor t-shirt, screaming at the top of his lungs, (laughs) yells for defensive end James Lynch. Six foot four, 289 pound defensive end from Baylor so Matt Rule knows him uh thick burly guy uh not the biggest or fastest guy but he's gonna be one of those good hard workers um flashes at times against the uh pass or, or flashes against the pass uh takes right angles on tackles he may not be the stud defensive end that we all want but he may be that solid guy, especially against the run. And he went to Baylor, which is maybe the most important thing. That's exactly <laughs> why I picked him. <laughs> um, I like that pick. You've gone all defense up to this point. What? Me? <laughs> yeah, which uh, I started out all defense. I have now moved into the offensive portion of my draft. Um, I, I think our offense is honestly decent there are there's a couple things i think we could work on but we have so many holes on defense that I we don't do we do we can. which is which is why you know i spent my first three picks on defense i 100 <laughs> percent agree and i i consider doing a complete defensive draft um but i like offense i want to have a little fun um uh, we've talked about the fact that i think we need a big wide receiver Mm-hmm. And I'm taking one with our fourth pick here, uh, Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC. He's six four. He's got great hands, and I know he's a USC receiver. And we don't have the greatest history with USC receivers, you know, in Carolina, Dwayne Jarrett. <laughs> um, but he, I think he's a perfect red zone target. That, and that's what I wanted. Just a big, tall guy with great hands who we can throw touchdowns to. He's He had 100-plus catches this year in college, like 1,200 yards or something, um, with kind of a crappy quarterback. He's not extremely fast, and they say that his route running needs to improve, which is why he's falling to the fourth round with 1,200 <laughs> yards at USC. Um, but... I think he's going to be really good, and I think he could be a steal. So, Michael Pittman Jr. All right. Now we're moving on to round five. Wait a second. Wait a second. Oh, my bad. 
We have a trade. We have a trade. The Carolina Panthers have traded up in the draft. Oh. There's a guy in the fourth round they really want. We have traded our fourth and sixth round picks to Oakland to move up to You mean the fifth and sixth round pick? No, fourth. I'm sorry. Yep. Our fifth and sixth round picks. My bad. One of our fifth round picks, uh, the non-Washington pick, and our sixth round pick to move up to the middle of the fourth round to take tight end Thaddeus Moss. Son of Randy Moss. LSU tight end. Uh, this is a flyer. This is a potential bust slash could be a home run. Um, he's not fast. <laughs> he, That's always a way to start a, a conversation yeah. about a tight end. That He's not played. fast. He doesn't run great routes. <laughs> and he's we got, traded up for this guy. I know. He's got excellent hands and he's an excellent blocker. And the excellent blocker thing is what sold me on him because we could uh, always use that extra blocker with the way this offensive line is shaping up. Um, So, also, I thought it would be good to give Ian Thomas some competition because I don't think he has really any competition, uh, legit competition for starting tight end. So, you know, Thaddeus Moss is, he's a name, and I'm putting that in quotation marks because his dad is a name. Um, but it gives Panthers fans something to cheer about on draft night, and it's a position of need. I mean, he's a guy who could come in and, with some work, could turn into a really good player. Plus, you've got the Joe Brady connection. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I, I like your ideas. I'm not a sold on Thaddeus <laughs> Moss, but... I know. and He's a guy that I... I have sort of like looked at side-eyed because I think he gets too much credit for his name. But in the fourth round, I don't mind taking a, a reach on a guy like that. Uh, so now we're moving into the fifth round, and I still have my Washington pick. Okay, that's fine. But I get to start out here because you kicked off the fourth round. Okay, go ahead. Because I want to steal your thunder because I have a feeling that we might have the same guy here. Okay. Linebacker. Do you have a linebacker? Uh, it, I do not have a linebacker. Okay, so okay, go good. Ahead. Okay, Can okay. So, so it's not the same guy. All right, linebacker out of Michigan State, Joe Batchy, mm-hmm. or Backy. Um, he is a guy who another guy who did not finish his final season in college. Uh, this you one just was want kicked... those injury prone guys, don't you? No, this one he was kicked out for uh, using performance enhancing <laughs> drugs. So, <laughs> um, but he has he was a team captain his sophomore and junior years. Um, he has really good instincts. He's a good tackler. Um, he has great range, and I think he's going to fall to the fifth because of that perceived character flaw. Um, also, I think if Luke Keekley does become a coach for the Panthers, that they could could actually really work well together. So this is another guy. I mean, we're in the fifth round now, so I'm just taking like flyers on guys. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think these guys can't. These guys are not going to step in and start day one. Probably they not. They have no, issues. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um. So, Joe Batchy. I think it's Batchy. It could be Backy. Um, out of Michigan State. And now you, I believe, have two fifth. Round I picks. have two, and I was excited to tell you this one because I think you weren't prepared for it. But with our Washington pick, pick number one forty-eight. The Carolina Panthers select Devin Assisi, tight end out of UCLA. Oh, look at you. Uh, I agree. There needs to be competition. I like Ian Thomas. But I think in the fifth round, picking a guy that has a lot of potential like Assisi would be great. Um, he His career average is 15.2 yards per ca- uh, catch. Uh, he has great hands. Uh, nice little safety blanket. <clears throat> Blocking technique needs work. Most of these guys, that's what it is. They're not the greatest blockers. But to be honest with you, I don't think Joe Brady's offense is going to be using the tight end as a blocker that often. Well, that's possibly true. Um, I don't think Joe Brady's ever had a running back like Christian McCaffrey, though. Um, so if he's a good run blocker, I mean, I don't know the difference. I mean, there's obviously a difference between a run blocker and a pass blocker, but usually if you're, you got those two tight end sets, you can run out of, um, having a good blocker is not a bad thing. No, no, it's not a bad thing, but I don't know if we're actually going to do it. He only Mm. runs a four seven, so he's not the fastest tight Mm -hmm. end, but he's not slow either. Four seven's a decent one when you're going to have a linebacker on you most times. It's pretty slow. (laughs) We both picked slow tight ends with our <laughs> last picks. Well, uh, I have one more, sir. Okay, go ahead. And with the my other fifth round pick, the Panthers, I have picking Kayvon Wallace, safety out of Clemson. Little bit smaller, 5'11 guy. You know, 206 pounds, can lay some lumber. Ran a 4'5'3", so he's pretty fast. Uh He's more like the Eric Reed type of safety. He's not going to be out in coverage that often, but he can really get down in the box and basically play that linebacker or safety type of role. Um, some people say he could have been a linebacker, but he's just a little too small for it. Uh, lacks man coverage, but great tackler. And I think he would be beneficial here. Ah, I like it. Um, I looked at some safeties. Mm-hmm. I just never saw one that I loved more than some of the other guys that I was looking at. Um, but even though we have Trey Boston there, I think it's a obviously we need more at that position. I don't remember who's our other guy like um, Burris, Burris, Justin yeah. Burris from who we just, Cleveland. Just signed, yeah. Who, but supposedly he's starting. Like they've already have him penciled in there. Well, yeah, he's penciled in until somebody better comes along. But uh, it's really because there's nobody better on the roster. So, um, yeah, I like that. I like that pick. Now, do you have any like late round guys that you were kind of keeping an eye on? And so when I, I say late round, I did anything from third round below that yeah. I kind of see them that could fit in here. Um, I don't have too many names. Uh, there was one guy who is an edge rusher out of like North Dakota State, Derek Tuzka. Um, I, I kind of like looking at these guys from small schools 
who overperformed. He had 30 sacks in three seasons there. Um, he's 6'4", 250 pounds, ran a 4'8", 4'7", 940. So he's got all the physical tools. He just played for a very small school. So I like I like a guy like that. I think he could maybe be sixth or seventh round pick, maybe even an under, uh, you know, a free agent, undrafted free agent. Um, mainly, I just have uh, some notes of like, should we look at a center? Um, because paradise, paradise, paradise didn't do great last year. Yeah. Um, should we look at a backup running back? I sort of feel like I, running running backs not a huge need for us because it's. I think we do need a backup running back. Let me just say that I don't think there's one on the roster that I love right now, but I think we could pick somebody up off the street who. I think I'd rather do that than wasting a draft pick on one. Yeah, um, I looked at running backs too. Uh, yeah. I almost picked one. I can't think of his name, but. He was very he was a smaller guy, and I was like, mm-hmm. at this point, there's no point of getting drafting another smaller guy in the fifth round, not to compliment Christian McCaffrey because I see that in Reggie Bonifin that he's similar. So you why yeah. waste a pick to try to get a guy like that? Well, that's sort of what I was looking at was a big guy. I wanted yeah. like a, a, a fourth and one bruiser because we saw Christian McCaffrey struggle with that last year. As amazing as he is. Getting that one or two yards to win the game or get that crucial first down, he couldn't do it a lot of times. Um, so I think it is kind of important either to upgrade our blocking or to get you know a big Mike Tolbert type guy who can come in there and just bowl his way through for three yards. But I didn't see anybody like that in the draft that I loved, so I didn't take one. Okay. Now... Here is my list of guys to kind of keep an eye on after the third round or during the third round. Could be really great picks. First one I have is A.J. Green. Not that A.J. Green. Cornerback out of Oklahoma State. Uh, He's 6'1", 200 pounds. Uh, If he ran faster than a 4'6", he would probably be a first or second round talent. He played really good, but the problem is 4'6", in this league... People are scared of man coverage because you're going to need a safety deep against him. So if the Panthers continue to play more of a zone scheme, he may be a great late-round pick for them. Wasn't he um, – is he, like, mocked as a third-rounder? Yeah, mocked. I, yeah, I looked at him round. in the third round um, as, as one of the guys that I looked at there. So, yeah, I love that. Um, another one, linebacker out of Wyoming, Logan Wilson. I really like this guy. <clears throat> He's a sure tackler, quick on diagnosing plays. He does struggle man-to-man coverages and zone coverages. But, again, late-round pick, that's where you kind of get this guy. I personally would love to get this guy. I don't know where. I don't know where to pick him, especially if Luke Keekley comes to coach. I think this is the type of guy that could greatly, greatly get his, you know, expertise on the – subject and just become a great linebacker for us uh moving on cornerback you'll still see my quarterback yeah cornerback reggie robinson the second from tulsa uh good size uh 6'1 205 good speed but struggles with change of directions his three cone drill wasn't the fastest it showed up on film so again late round pick 
take a flyer, see if he can work on that, get a get him better. Jonah Jackson, offensive guard, Ohio State. Good fundamentals and fast hand. He's not very powerful. He's a great pass blocking guard, but he needs to get more power to become more of a run blocker in the league. Uh Defensive tackle from Arkansas, McTelvin Agim. This is kind of interesting with him. He's converted from a defensive end to a defensive tackle. He reminds me more of a, like, not KK Short, but that type of defensive tackle. He's not going to eat up the run blockers and anything else, but I think he can split the defenders and get to the quarterback quite often. And especially to spell KK short, if we do get a Derek Brown in the first round, he would be some great depth late. Yeah, I, I like that too. Um, did you have anybody else? Um, any <clears throat> and all Baylor and Temple guys. <laughs> right. Um, I think it's interesting that outside of, correct me if I'm wrong, but outside of one of your late round flyers, neither one of us picked an offensive line guy. No. And I, yeah, go ahead. I I wanted to. I just kept seeing more and more needs on the defensive I know, side. I know. That's kind of where my my thinking was too. I was thinking and and I never think like defense first cuz I love offense. But I went defense first pretty much the you know the first 3 rounds of this draft for sure. Um neither one of us went quarterback. Neither no. one of us thought uh about trading up, did you think about trading up for a quarterback at all in the first With round? With Teddy Bridgewater's contract, I don't, I didn't see it this year. Yeah, I, I um, think they're set on seeing what he has before they make a move to move up. I think PJ Walker and Will Greer will be the second and third quarterbacks on this team. I think that that quarterback room is set now. Second and third string. We'll battle it out in camp for it. But other than that, I don't see them really going to get a quarterback. I thought Jake Fromm maybe in the fourth or fifth because it looks like he's falling. And mm-hmm. I like Jake Fromm, but I just don't see it on this team right now. You like Jake Fromm in the fourth round. You do not like Jake Fromm in the second round. <laughs> I, I, I said fourth we, or yeah, fifth round. Right. <laughs> you said you like Jake Fromm. I think we've talked about Jake Fromm. Um I actually kind of would like Jake Fromm, too, in a late round. But um, let me ask you this. If if we trade back to 11 mm-hmm. and Tua is still on the board and Derek Brown is not on the board, would you take Tua? Would you consider taking Tua? Because <sighs> there's some, some mocks to... have him falling. I, I think you would have to consider taking him. I before this year he was an easily number one overall pick. Yeah, and and with Teddy Bridgewater on your mm-hmm. roster, at least you can bench him for next year, get him fully healthy, and see what he has. Yeah, if you take Tua in the first round, it definitely says something about your expectations for this year. Yeah, I feel like if you take somebody like Derek Brown, you take uh, you know a, a Kuda or even Isaiah Simmons in the first round, then you're you're actively improving your team right now. You take Tua, you're not really improving your team right now. No. You know, so you're you're definitely saying that you're willing to sacrifice this year 
and see what happens next year. So um, I think I would take Tua if he falls to 11, just because I think he's such a great talent that, you know, it could just be the steal of all steals. So, but I don't want to take a quarterback in the first round. That would only, that would be like a crazy scenario that the, you know, a potential number one guy falls out of the top 10. Yeah. Joe Burrow or Tua would be the only two that I could see us wanting. I would not be throwing my hands up screaming, what the beep are you doing, Panthers? Because at least I see, I see Joe Burrow and Tua being the franchise guys if they're available. I don't see Herbert really that guy. I don't. All the other guys, I just don't see. Yeah, I think Herbert is like he's right on the line um, of where he could be really good or he could just be a bust. So now I think that's the rest of the guys are kind of like that. Now I have a question for you. <clears throat> if we kept pick seven and all things fell correctly, who would be your dream get at seven? Well, I sort of said Simmons. Um, I think it would be Simmons, just because I'd love to go from one Hall of Fame linebacker to potentially another. I would just—I'm just so impressed with everything I see from him. Uh, and the combine did nothing but make me even more excited about him. So, plus he's kind of a local guy; he's from Clemson. Um, I, but I would be if everything fell happily, you know, everything fell the way with the way we wanted, where all three of those guys were available. I mean, I I don't know what I would do. I, I would really look at trading back three spots. <laughs> I mean, t- so whoever falls to us, like let 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 the other teams make the decision for us, and we'll take whoever's left. I, I think Akuda would be my my yeah. first dream pick. Uh, Simmons would probably be my second. Then yeah, Derek Brown. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and, and and I'm risk I even my draft I was willing to risk Derek Brown disappearing. Yeah, because I think Derek Brown is gr- good and great, and he would be a great fit here. But the defensive tackle spots is very deep this year, and if we could get more for him, even if we or more for that pick, I think you have to really entertain it. I agree. I, I would. I didn't wouldn't want to drop too far back, but. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it depends on what we pick up. Like, I'd be willing to, to drop from 7 all the way back to 15 or 16, you know, if it gra- grabbed us, you know, either another late first-round pick or an early second-round pick. Um, I'd love to have, you know, three picks within the first 40 picks. I mean, I think that'd be great. So, I, I actually hope that they do trade back, and I hate trading back because I hate waiting longer to see the pick for my team. But I think this year it just makes the most sense to trade back unless you get that no doubt franchise guy falling to you at 7. Well, Denver would be the type of team that you would be looking to trade back with. Yeah. Because I I I'm looking at the NFL <clears throat> trade chart. Um mm-hmm. that's what I use to do my trade just to make sure. Uh Denver is 15th. They're looking for a receiver and they probably will want to dr- jump like San Francisco and Las Vegas for a receiver. So you would drop back. They would have the 15th pick, but then you would have to get the 14th, their 14th pick in the next round. Mm. And that would even out draft chart. You would not get in the early second, but you'd probably get in the mid. Yeah. I'd have to think about that. Um, 
still, I think it'd probably be a pretty good deal because I think that Kenlaw uh, could fall to middle yeah. of the first round. So, and he apparently is. I guess Derek Brown's sort of on his own tier, but Kenlaw's at the very top of that next tier. So, yeah, I'd be happy with that. Um, I'd be happy with either of our drafts if they fell. You know that way. Yeah, absolutely. That we both obviously want cornerback help. <laughs> um, we both want a defensive tackle in the first round, ideally. Uh, you know, if it falls that way, um, you don't. I don't think you have. Did you have any wide receiver? No. Any wide receivers in your? I, with, with us having our current wide receivers set up. Yeah. You know, with DJ Moore. Uh, oh, my brain just died on me. Sorry. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson. Yeah, with those top three, I don't feel jumping and grabbing one is necessary. We also signed Pharaoh Cooper and the other guy we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. week. So yeah, well, that, you know, I don't think a fourth round pick would be considered jumping and grabbing one. I think what uh, my philosophy with the draft is once you hit the fourth round, just take a flyer on somebody. Like, take the guy who fell for some reason. Usually I would say I understand that, but we have so many. Like, I'm looking at round five as, oh, star- possible starters. That's how many. <laughs> How, yeah. That's how many spots are still open. But I, I don't think you can look at it that way because you're not going to find a lot of starters in the fifth round, right? But the way that you do find starters in the fifth round is if you draft the guy that fell for some weird reason. You know, you draft the guy that got suspended for performance-enhancing drugs or the guy that hurt his foot, you know, and missed the last half of the season. You know, you draft those types of guys. Now, there, you know, this draft may be so deep at certain positions that you might find those guys late. You know, like you're talking about, but I'm definitely not looking for starters past the third round, really. Yeah. At most positions, you know, uh, kicker. I, I think you're you're probably right, and it's just so tough this year. This roster is so empty. I still feel like there's so many spots left on this roster that we're gonna have like 25 undrafted rookie free agents <laughs> going into I, camp. It, yeah, I don't know. I mean, free agency is still going on. Like, there's still a lot of guys out there. And, Plus, and there's going to be there's going to be cuts. Line, I think we're going to grab a journeyman offensive lineman, kind of yeah. like a Greg Van Roten type before he got here, that you know just didn't pan out other ways. And I could see us grabbing a couple of those guys, maybe a corner or two as well. Yeah, well, you know, it's a this is a work in progress. You know, they've torn the roster down, and now they're you know, slowly building it up and they're going to have to use some temporary parts for the first couple of years here. So, um, I think I, nobody is expecting us to compete for a Super Bowl this year, you know, what I know shot shocking, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I'll, I shouldn't say nobody because I think there are some people that are, you know, so pissed off that the Panthers have let some of these franchise guys go. Um, it just makes sense to me. You know, we've got a brand new coach. We've got a brand new front office. We've, well, except for Herney. Um, we're restarting the franchise. So get ready for some shitty football. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> At least on, probably on the defensive end more than the offensive end. 
but yeah, expect a lot of high scoring games where we lose like thirty five to twenty four, yeah, right? <laughs> Forty two yeah. to thirty. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Like I, I was. Uh, yeah, yeah. A, a... You and I have different ideas of fun. Well, I was having a conversation with somebody on Twitter the other day um, at Meow Max Podcast, and I was sort of comparing what I think this year's Panthers are going to be to this year's Hornets where you're going to just be playing a ton of young guys. There's going to be some really fun games where, you know, you see the potential and there's going to be some really bad games where you just are like, why do I ever root for this team? Um, But, you know, the hope is that playing the young guys and sort of building the culture and all that stuff pans out in a few years. So, and, and you, you know, you're getting rid of all your big contracts. We have a ton of dead cap this year. Um, you know, the Hornets have a ton of dead weight on their roster cap wise, Nick Batum. Um, so I, I think it's very similar. I think what you're seeing in, in the Carolina franchises are kind of a similar path right now. And I hope that it's leading up and not just staying mediocre. I mean, that's what Tepper doesn't want. He doesn't want mediocrity anymore. So I don't know. I have, obviously nobody likes to watch their team lose. And we're going to see a lot of that this year. But I understand what we're going for. So I'm excited to see the process. And the rebuilding will continue on April Thursday, April 23rd. Uh, we will be coming to you probably on the 24th to go over our first round pick and then every other day or so to kind of really recap what the Panthers have done on the draft. Uh, that's it. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, we'll have a little mini episode or something after that first round, um, and maybe the second, third. So we'll, we'll keep, we'll pump out some content. Um, football's back. Live from Roger Goodell's basement. (laughs) All right, everybody. Um, (laughs) the pick is in. All right. Uh, well, everybody stay safe out there. We will talk to you next week. And until then, keep pounding.